This programme was first aired on the 1st of June 2016. This episode of Media Flash is brought to you by MediaHQ.com, Ireland's leading media contacts directory. With over 8,000 journalists listed on our database, our media intelligence is unrivalled. We've helped Paddy Power, Dublin Airport Authority, Volta Ireland and hundreds of other organisations share their stories with the media through our press release distribution hub. For more information on Media HQ, call Gay on 01-254-1845 or email gay at mediahq.com. That's G-A-Y-E, gay, at mediahq.com. Welcome to programme number 30. In today's show, we have one of PR Week's 30 Under 30 in studio with us. We ask, what is it that makes award-winning PR? We look at creativity and chasing a career in communications. We discuss the evolution of PR and predict what's the next big thing. This is Media Flash, a show about the media. I'm Alex Sheehan. So welcome to the show. I'm delighted to have Martin Rosney, Account Director at Edelman. Martin was recently named one of PR Week's 30 Under 30 and has represented Ireland in the Can Young PR Alliance. Along with his achievements, he has an impressive portfolio of clients like Visa and Irish Distillers. Martin is hugely influential in the industry. So thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. So I suppose just to start off, just look back on your career. Um, You studied commerce in UCC and generally, I suppose people that do a business type degree think of accounting or or maybe marketing. Um, But when did you realise that you kind of wanted a more creative career path? Well, to be honest, it was kind of always on the, the radar for me. So I started in commerce because I knew I wanted to get into some form of business, but I wasn't 100% sure and kind of went at it with the angle that commerce at the time for me anyway, it was personally like arts with numbers. Mm. So I thought it might be give me a good grounding in all things business that, you know, whether I went on a marketing route, whether I, don't, whether I went on a communications route, that I'd have a good solid grounding, good understanding of the business landscape. But in UCC, so I started in UCC in 2005 and kind of a few years there, it was really good, you know, kind of, you know, getting social, uh, got involved in committees and stuff like that. And one of the things I got involved was the UCC Commerce Society. So at the time it was the biggest society on campus. You know, we represented like all of the faculty of commerce, which included like business information systems, government, certain aspects of law, the commerce degree itself, finance, all of these different business courses. So I got involved and the position that was available was PRO. So I said, ah, sure, I'll give my, you know, throw a hand at that. Um, could be a bit of fun and it wasn't contested as well. So <laughs> I was like, that might be an easier way to get involved. So took the PRO role and it was really fun. Like looking back on it, the stuff I was up to was absolute amateur hour, but like learned a lot, you know, met some really good context, met some really good friends uh, out of that thing, out of that, out of that, you know, involvement with the society and just really enjoyed it a lot. So uh, I actually had a failed bid for president as well in UCC, <laughs> which kind of like forced my hand. So I was kind of pretty confident I'd win it. Another life lesson learned there to kind of have a backup plan. Pretty confident I'd win UCC student union president. Didn't obviously. And then um, I was kind of looking around for masters at the time. I was a little bit late, <laughs> delayed on kind of the usual application process. And I saw the DIT uh, MA and PR. And to be fair, I'm kind of doing myself a disservice here. Like PR has always kind of been a little bit in the family. My father said he, he's in the tourism business, but he would have had like a kind of PR hats at various stages throughout his life. And my aunt worked in communications as well. So it was always in the background there, but I never really thought of it properly. You know, when you're young, you don't think of your long term yeah. careers and all this. 
so kind of did a lot of thinking obviously after that uh, in my fourth year of college and went for the MA in PR and DIT and it, like it was a fantastic course learned a lot out of it again similarly again there was a class of 45 of us and there's a good few of us still knocking around the place in PR um, and you know really enjoyed that got the fundamentals there of, so I went from like, fundamentals of business to kind of going into the fundamentals of communications and PR in general and so learned a lot of that course and kind of just really really enjoyed it but like at the time it was 2009 at that stage you know like kind of Celtic Tiger was on its last breath you know we're kind of hitting into crisis mode there wasn't many jobs out there and to be honest I was very lucky to get a position in Wilson Arnold at the time straight out of that Masters um, starting there in kind of 2011 I think January 2011 so I was like really lucky to get in there it was a fantastic place to start my career I like worked with some fantastic people I worked in the corporate team there but we had like you know people who were kind of you know specialists in different areas but like it was a really good solid team that I kind of learned off a load of different people inside there just the way the ways the PR works pretty much so that was the kind of journey into it and since then it's just been you know pretty incredible career path to be on really enjoy it stayed in WH for five years I kind of got itchy feet because I was pretty much got married in 2014 towards the end of it and sitting on the beach in Thailand wondering what am I going to do with myself now I'm getting old and serious <laughs> uh, what do I do with the rest of my life at this stage so I uh, you know was thinking a lot about it and kind of knew that you know five years is like in a new landscape five years is a while to be in a certain place and I kind of wanted the opportunity to learn in a different organisation work with different types of clients work with different people even we're very lucky as well in WH I had worked with the same clients all the time we hadn't lost any worked with the same group of people because everyone stayed there so it was a great place to be but I kind of just wanted the only place I'd worked since my college and masters my first professional job so I wanted to get a chance to learn a little bit something different somewhere else so then got the opportunity to go to Edel- Edelman and kind of been there since September of last year now and it's it's a new experience it's a little bit of a different organisation another global organisation like Wilson Harnett will be part of Ogilvy PR globally um, which was fantastic to get to learn and meet different people across the network I know Edelman would be the same so it's kind of it's both have their different ways of doing things but there's a lot of similarities as well which I'm kind of enjoying so far Yeah that's good um, and at the beginning, were there any hurdles or, or kind of errors that you found or was it all yeah, kind of smooth? No, there's no smooth sailing, to be honest. So <laughs> the biggest hurdle, um, the biggest hurdle at the time, as I said, was the uh, economic side of the, the house, pretty much. So the jobs weren't there as much um, back in the day. So it was kind of the jobs weren't there. A lot of people were emigrated. I said there was a class of 45 of us in our masters. I think, you know, six or seven of us ended up getting full time jobs in PR out of it. A lot of people pivoted and switched careers a lot of people emigrated so that would have been a challenge in itself uh, like there wasn't as much career progression opportunities as well even at the time so we kind of went in I was lucky enough as I said to get the job in WH prior to that I had a few hurdles in terms of I'm a carry man working in Dublin I'd kind of like you know I got help from my parents to be fair but I was kind of still supporting myself in Dublin um, so I couldn't afford to kind of work for free and that was the biggest hurdle I found yeah. at the time there's a lot of free internships going around uh, which in and of itself it's they it can be very useful and can be very beneficial but just they weren't for me at the time I couldn't afford to uh, couldn't afford to like live off a free internship pretty much yeah. so that was the biggest hurdle and lucky enough WH had a great programme at the time and they still do as well that they have a great kind of a uh, 
appreciation I would say of, of kind of the internship idea of it they do it properly they don't you know take the take the Michael on it let's say uh, they do it properly they give you chances to learn they reward you they pay you kind of good standard uh, industry wages say so it's you know going in on a, a good enough wage that you can survive on and you get to learn a lot and you got the chance to do training and all of this stuff so I, was, I got very lucky landing my feet inside uh, Wilson Arnold at the time yeah. but as I said the big challenge was pretty much the unpaid internship and it's still one that kind of crops its head up it's still around the place and it's one of the things things I'd like to think got taken advantage of in kind of you know like uh, in like the bad times let's say the recession and I hope it's one that kind of you know isn't there for the long term I hope it's one that people get to realise again look if we want to get the good talent we can't afford to do these internships that are you know not rewarding not paid enough you know they're exploitative as well pretty much and it's about value as well you know if you value someone you're going to pay them really exactly no and the thing is as well as it's like it has so many issues that it can cause so much trouble in terms of like first off there's a diversity issue in terms of like say rural people like myself aren't able to live in Dublin if mm-hmm. you're a Dublin person you can live at home and kind of get away with it so then you're kind of coming up with it you can if you do it too much you can end up with a Dublin centric agency or Dublin centric team that wouldn't kind of think of rural issues or you know wouldn't think as I joke with some of my Dublin friends that they wouldn't think beyond the pale so it's kind of there's a diversity issue on it you're losing talent you know and what's what's happening as well we'll see more and more is we're not just competing with other PR agencies for good talent we're competing with like all the multinationals that are in Dublin uh, like all the kind of big guys like LinkedIn, Facebook you know Twitter etc uh, we're competing with all of those for talent and then media agencies as well on top of it so it's a really like competitive landscape and if PR wants to kind of keep the best talent in it and reward the best talent and make sure that this talent starts off in a career that they love a career that they feel a part of and valued in that they'll go on and kind of give back to the industry and help improve the industry overall so yeah. it's kind of just one of those tricky ones and as I said it's one I hope doesn't uh, hang around too much yeah um, and I suppose just a, a bit more about yourself um, you've won some prestigious awards as I said at the start um, and how, how did you take your career to the next level like rather than just like doing your day to day, getting those awards and getting recognised. Uh, I kind of like to be honest. It's all like I've been very, very lucky and say both WH and both like WH and Edelman, and then the clients I've been on is that like I've had these fantastic kind of mentors. I'm still I like to think I'm still young enough. I'm under <laughs> thirty, still hanging in there. <laughs> but like I've had some fantastic people in more senior positions to me. People are on the same level. People are more junior to me who kind of like you know help me you know get good and get better. And it's like, it's all about the people you work with, the clients you have, the place you go to work. It's kind of, if you have all of those things around you, you have a real chance to kind of, you know, shine. And that's what I, another thing I would say in the kind of whole industry itself is that like, there's some incredible people working in it. And it's like, if you get a chance to kind of work with those people, like it's worth more than its weight in gold. So there may be an argument on the, the internship side that if you actually do it properly, you might have to pay like a super expensive money. But if you're getting to work with these incredible people who will teach you so much in the long term, that'll be worth an extra X grand to you at the end of your career. You take that opportunity yeah. when you can. And it's like that is what it would be. And there was a bit of an Ogilvy thing as well. Uh, my old place. So David Ogilvy, obviously an advertising hero, uh, one of the original Mad Men. He always had a kind of quote it kind of stuck with me a little bit as well in terms of if you can't advertise yourself how are you supposed to advertise your clients so when there's been opportunities for those awards I've kind of I think I haven't shied away from them I'll put it that way and other people might say it in different ways as well but I've kind of taken the opportunity gone for them you know if you're not in you can't win and stuff like that so yeah yeah no it makes sense 
Um, and some of the campaigns you've worked on have won awards as well. What is yeah. it that makes a, an award-winning campaign? Uh, it's like, I think it's kind of just being dedicated to your job and kind of being like across any awarded stuff I've done or any kind of a, things I've been involved in and organisations I've been involved in that have won stuff. It's like, it's going above and beyond and not just, you know, doing the clock punching nine to five. It's like when you're really passionate about, about a project, you're willing to do it no matter what the cost. You're willing to kind of, you know, stay in late on a Thursday night, stay in late, work over weekends. You're really willing to bring it that extra mile and kind of, you know, take it to that next level because when you love your job and you love the industry you're in, you're not just there to kind of punch the clock. You're there to kind of make a difference and work on stuff that you're proud of. You know, when people ask you, what do you do? You can say, oh, I work with this fantastic client, work in that fantastic place. We helped to do this and we brought this client from that position to this position. So it's kind of, that's that's what I'd kind of say. It's the hard work and kind of like, it's a passion for doing what you're doing. And to be honest, you see it as well. The people who are passionate about about the job are the people who kind of win those awards time and time again and the people who kind of, you know, show up and rise up through the ranks when they have that genuine passion. Because Pure is an industry, I feel as well, that you don't have to have a certain educational background. You know, you can kind of get into it. There's people I've worked with that had archaeology backgrounds or archaeology degrees that have been the best Pure people I know. And kind of there's other people who've come from IT, people who've come from legal backgrounds, people who've come from all sorts of backgrounds that you know, once they got into the industry, saw what it was about, got passionate about it, got passionate for their projects, got passionate for their clients to win the awards. So yeah. that's the way I'd kind of look at it. Yeah, that's good advice. And have you any campaigns that were um, memorable or that stood out for you? To be honest, like I'm going to, I'm not going to dodge this <laughs> question, right? But what I will say is that like, I've actually been very lucky in terms of the clients I've worked with, both in my old agency and in Edelman as well. It hasn't just been kind of like campaigns I've been doing for them. I've been kind of like doing long-term relationship stuff for them. So there's one thing I've kind of found struggling almost entering awards because you're like, you know, we haven't done anything that fits into this time frame. We've been doing a project with them for the last two to three years. And it's one thing it's kind of Edelman is all about as well. And one of the reasons I joined her is that there's kind of like a more of a strategic look at kind of the way we engage with clients. So we want to kind of set this incredibly high bar from the start of our relationships with clients and, you know, work with them over the long term so that there's all these little campaigns, fair enough, yeah, but that everything's part of this overall strategic kind of direction that we're on the same page. We know what we're working towards and we're kind of, you know, working towards that. So it's kind of like on the corporate side as well, you wouldn't do as many, you know, straight up campaigns. You're more of a day-to-day advisor. You're there like when stuff starts hitting the fan, you're there when kind of, you know, things need a little nudge in a certain direction. So like overall, as I said, like if you look at my kind of LinkedIn, everyone listed there, every client that's listed there, I've kind of been incredibly honored and privileged to work with. And, you know, I like to think we did some good work with them as well. If you like today's show, then why not listen back to episode 18 when we spoke to PR guru Peter Shankman, who founded Help a Reporter Out. For me, it was very simple. When, when, you, when I was the one running the company, when the company was acquired, it was acquired for a lot more money than I thought it would ever be acquired by. And, or for, and I realized that, that was because they actually talked to a whole bunch of my clients, or my customers, you know, the readers. And they asked what, it, what they thought of the service. And everybody said, oh my God, Peter's great. We love him. He's great. He talks to everyone. He listens to it. And they felt invested. And, and I didn't do anything special. All I did was, if someone emailed me or asked me a question or wanted to meet me or wanted a t-shirt, Howard t-shirt, I'd send it to him. You know? And I guess a lot of companies don't take that step. They're just like, they look at the bottom line as opposed to looking at the customer. The more you focus on the customer, the, the higher your bottom line will go. Welcome back to Media Flash. We're talking to Martin Rosny from Edelman. Are there particular differences when working with um, private organisations and state or semi-state bodies? Um, it's, I wouldn't say there's particular differences. I actually think like across the board, and I've worked in very diverse organisations, every little 
like every place has their own way of doing things so there's no oh you deal with a semi-state and they work like this and you deal with a private company and they work like this every organisation has their own little nuances and ways of doing business and ways of kind of you know navigating through what they've got to do all the time so it's there isn't any kind of like one size fits all it's like alright we'll pitch for that business because we did this project before for this client it's it's a case of kind of you know getting in getting ingratiated with the client getting to know what they're about you know kind of figuring out what their ultimate end term goal is and you know working through it with them but every place is really different so I've worked with like small organisations right through to some of the biggest in Ireland and everyone has their own little you know ways of doing things they're really interesting to learn it's one of the best parts about working in an agency as well is that you really get a sense of uh, of kind of you know the differences in the differences in clients first off in certain companies in certain industries but then also the differences in sectors the differences you know between semi-state and state so it's a fantastic place like I'd always be a big fan of telling people to go into an agency if they're straight out of college or if they want to start a career in communications that's another thing as well uh, that I've seen a number of people like leave a background that's totally separate communications age 34 35 start a career go into an agency and they get like a whole new world of experience and they get a chance to say you know what I never even thought I could work in a telecoms company or I never thought I could work in a you know a FMCG but I got the chance to work in this client and next thing they end up five years later as head of comms in an FMCG or whatever position it would be so it's a kind of incredibly like there's a lot of opportunities in the industry if you kind of do it properly yeah um, do you think that PR is sometimes kind of undervalued in some organisations? 100% I do, yeah. It's one of my little pet peeves. Um, I'd always say, because uh, I'm incredibly proud of the people I work with and the teams I work with in-house as well, that it's like we, some of the smartest thinkers in the room are the PR heads or the communications heads. And it's like a lot of the times it's there's the whole issue of metrics and quantifying stuff. And I think it's one of the areas PR, not just in Ireland, globally has struggled with is measurement and you've got advertising agencies that are able to go in and say oh we got you in front of x thousand eyeballs here's what the cost is here's what the cost per click is here's whatever it is so they've kind of found ways to measure themselves whereas it's a lot more difficult and more expensive to properly measure PR and if like if organizations were actually willing to invest in measuring you know properly on PR and communications let's say you'd actually see a much better output I reckon and like I've seen numerous examples in the states and across our global network of Edelman where clients or the organization has decided right we're going to put x money up front to say to effectively value this and like the value on it has been incredible but it's just finding that way that it can kind of trickle down into smaller organizations that's not av uh it kind of could make us more a lot more effective but i always kind of do think we are a little bit undervalued in the room and one of the things as well is the whole landscape is changing and i think it's a fantastic opportunity for would say pure people to kind of make uh, make more of a mark uh, especially in those kind of interagency meetings to make more of a mark by saying you know for years our bread and butter has always been about earning attention you know we've been competing with media buyers and advertising agencies who are able to go out there and buy the space buy the attention but PR has always kind of like had to work through third parties had to work hard to earn attention properly for their clients and for their brands and it's what we've been doing all the time it's our like it's our DNA it's what we're all about and it's a chance for us to differentiate ourselves in the coming years to say look you know give us some money to put behind this stuff that we're earning for you because that's the way social media and like the online media is going let's say but you will see a kind of a better output than the people who've been kind of in the rooms you know buying that ad or and to be fair I'm underselling them here they are very creative but at the same time we've always had to earn that attention and it's kind of hopefully a chance for us to kind of differentiate ourselves and become a bit more valued over the next few years. Yeah. And have you noticed any trends um, like digital or otherwise playing a force recently? 
Not really. One like one of the thre- trends I have noticed is um, it's kind of and it's another reason why I moved to Edelman is the internationalization of PR. So like we're not just all like in Ireland in Dublin competing, you know, to get the front page of the Times or the Indo. We're actually more and more. I think our clients are are kind of performing and landing in places across Europe, America, everywhere. Our clients are going, and one of the main reasons I moved to Edelman is because it's like it's international organization. It's the biggest in the world. Like ninety, I think we're in within ninety percent, ninety minutes of ninety five percent of the world's population, something like this. So Edelman has touch points everywhere, and it's like one of these one of these things that I kind of see playing more and more importantly that we have a client in Ireland. Granted, yeah, but at the same time, there's opportunities for our clients to go international. And if I'm able to get onto my colleague in Tel Aviv or in Belarus or wherever it has to be, I'm able to say, all right, here's my client. Can you help us with this certain scenario? So it's one of the trends I'm seeing a lot more of is that internationalization. And like you're getting Irish people, you know, I work in an office where one of our biggest clients is Reiner. And like, I remember being like very impressed and overwhelmed and not overwhelmed, but very impressed like the, the first, second, third day I was in there, like there was colleagues organizing stuff for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal for Reiner. I was like, wow, this is, you know, the way it's going. This is why I kind of made the move. If there was any bit of should I, shouldn't I have, it was like being in that room and seeing the guys operating like that. I was like, this is the way the industry is going. And so I'm proud to kind of be part of the Edelman team and happy to be there for another few years, kind of, you know, doing all of that. Yeah, so that's the kind of big trend I'd be looking at. Um, another thing that you do very well is the whole um, trust and the trust barometer. Yeah. Is it important for PR professionals to understand that? Ah, it's vital. And that's another one that's a real kind of it's a piece of IP that Edelman have been doing for. I'm new enough to Edelman <laughs> as well, so I'm going to have to guess that it's 16 years. But it's it's part of their DNA as well. Trust is like very implicit to what we do. Uh, and it's like the impact of trust on your reputation overall is like very tangible. It's one that we're able to put a measurement on. It's one that we're able to go into our clients and say, look, Here's what the levels of trust are, not just in you as a client, but also in the overall sector. And it is one that like is absolutely vital. And every time we see lack of trust in organizations, it's way tough, way tougher for them in times of crisis. It's way tougher for them for even on like new business pitching or, you know, new product development. When they have that trust built up and when people trust them a little bit more, like the benefits are absolutely immense. Mm-hmm. Another trend, um, maybe not so much in the corporate side of things, but it's the whole blogger and influencer and social yeah. influencer side. Of, like, do you think PR people should kind of get involved and celebrate it or should they be wary of it? No, I, I'd say it's like it's another one of these things we've been doing for years. Like if you look at it, the old fashioned influencers were the, the media. So we've always been influencer managers pretty much. So we've always kind of worked with the influential people to get our client stories across and the the area that has to be kind of uh, there has to be kind of wariness and avoidance on is kind of we're coming into a scenario and it's been playing out over the last few years where it's very very grey and uh, it's a lot of kind of I won't call them cowboys out there but there's a lot of operators out there who are going in on behalf of their clients paying a blogger you know a few grand to say this and there's no disclosure and a lot of people like can see through it but then there's times when they can be masked pretty cleverly where people mightn't realise that this blogger this influencer is being paid this money to say how great this makeup product this tan is whatever it is it's kind of one of those areas that really really needs to be regulated and to be honest the guys like the PRII have done a fantastic job on it they've been out there pushing it they've been at blogger conferences John Carroll has like kind of took it as one of his little pet projects and like they're doing a great job communicating how important it is for that transparency and to be straight up and to say look if you're doing it that's fair enough you know if you're being paid but at least say you're being paid or say what you're getting on behalf or in exchange for doing this post or this picture or this Instagram so it's one of those areas like we we can do. We've been doing it fantastically for years. And this is one of those areas that like Edmund would have a global code of conduct to say, 
it's like it's on us if a client if an, an influencer would put up something that we've asked them to or we've you know like done an exchange value with them and they don't disclose the exchange value it's our job to follow them up and say guys you know you have to say on you know Edelman brought me down to this place or Edelman did this or whatever or the client did this on it mm-hmm. and it's just one of those areas transparency is key and people if they see that they're like alright fair enough that's fine but yeah. here's what their actual opinion is after that and yeah. if it's good alright well maybe they're influenced by the fact that they got a free junket to this place or if they say the honest stuff that's fair enough as well Yeah. but if there is a bit of honesty it's better for everyone you know yeah it brings it back to trust again again yeah. you know if, if the audience reading or looking at the message doesn't trust it it's not going to be impactful if they see it as just a a puff piece that someone's getting paid to do they're not going to engage that product and like have any more trust in that brand Mm -hmm. or that client you know so it's a case of getting in there like doing it being open being transparent and like you know getting back to the days like media I remember starting off I worked with an electronics brand I used to have to send free product it was loan stock to be fair and used to send it to media and they could give a good or bad reviews and you know that's the nature of the game you know if you give it to them and they don't like it let them say they don't like it or if they think it's a fantastic piece of kit that's better as well yeah yeah um just to finish things off um would there be any advice to aspiring PR professionals that you could give like I, I'd kind of say like about our industry it's actually and the agency side definitely and a lot of in-house people as well is that like everyone's very open for meetings everyone's very open to like have the chats with you talk to you about your career um, from my own personal side I think like agency is a great place to start off a career if there's any opportunity to get into an agency get in there because you know you might get exposure to a whole side of the, the business you never thought you might uh, be interested in just being you know people I've met and dealt with that thought they were all about lifestyle PR or sports PR and then they've got a chance to work in a bit of corporate stuff and they're like really intrigued by it they're really fascinated by it so it's one of those things that's like get out there get networking get talking to people you know set up meetings set up coffees everyone's actually nice enough with their time I actually think I'm very proud of the industry it's like very nice people in it so kind of get out there talk to people and you know go from there yeah perfect thanks a million sounds good thanks thanks for joining us in the studio that's all from today's show if you'd like to keep in touch please tweet us at Media HQ News you can also listen to previous episodes of Media Flash on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash Media HQ or search for MediaHQ.com on iTunes Today's programme was researched and produced by Marin Beasley and Conor McMahon. Music was by our friend Callum O'Riordan. You can find more of his work on SoundCloud. Just search for Callum Orr. Sound supervision was thanks to Al Don of Unique Media, who is the lick of paint to our old shed. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.